Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, conversations with your favourite theatre actors and creatives. Hello, I'm Mikey Worrell. This week's guest is the producer Francesca Moody, who currently has a show on at the Rose Theatre in Kingston called Leopards, which you may have read about, and an upcoming show at the Soho Theatre called Mum. We had a very quick chat on Zoom last week, and I'm going to level with you. I didn't have access to my normal microphone, the one uh, into which I'm speaking now, and it was just one of those days where everything went wrong, and I was using my new camera for the Zoom call because my laptop camera is not great. This is all completely unnecessary information, Um, but suffice to say, uh, the equipment let me down. So the sound in places today is not great. It's listenable, but it's not great. Just thought I'd give you a little heads up on that. Hopefully you won't even notice. Here's my conversation with Francesca Moody. You've got Leopards on at the Rose Theatre in Kingston at the moment. You're about to have Mum on at Soho Theatre. Um, I read a great review in the Telegraph on Friday of Leopards. It seems to be going down quite well. Yeah, I think it is going down um, very well. It's very funny um, and very, um, I guess, uh, timely thriller. Um, so it's a kind of genre-led piece, but I think it, with, with, with something really important to say about kind of the nature of goodness and what it means to be good, and it's just really well written as well. And it's such a satisfying experience being in a theatre and just watching a really good new play. Um, and Saffron and Martin, who are in it, are just brilliant. So, yeah, it's, it, I think it is going down well. And um, audiences seem to be really um, enjoying it. So I'm delighted. When I, when I read the plot, because I haven't been able to see it yet, but when I, when I read the plot and, you know, it's about this woman who um, or, or engineers this, this essentially networking meeting with someone very high powered... Mm-hmm. I like the imposter syndrome in my stomach started bubbling up and I was thinking, oh, my God, like, how dare she? When, when you read it, was, was there something you took from that of like you like the balls that she had to actually do that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think but obviously the play takes all sorts of twists and turns. But I think um, what's really interesting about um, the character of Niala is, yeah, that she is this kind of very confident, um, ballsy kind of um person who has sort of has, has sort of said you need to come and you need to come and meet me and um and uh, and um, I have something interesting to say and of course the play kind of goes off in lots of different directions after that but um but yes so I, I like I think when I first started reading the play I was very very intrigued by what you what she had planned basically what is the if you if there was one thing that you hoped an audience member would leave the theatre feeling or thinking what would that be for you I think um, I think I, I, I think I just want them to go away really um, questioning the concept of what it means to be good and whether we can whether good people can be bad and whether bad people can be good and whether there's ever an opportunity for us to kind of offset the bad things we do against the good things we do whether that's even possible I think that, that's what I'd, I'd want them to go away um, and I think I think I'd, I think I'd also want them to go away wondering who was good and who was bad in that play you know and I think those are the kind of plays that I always think are really interesting because um, I think plays that explore 
um, the kind of grey areas and the nuances of um, of, um, of people. Because, I mean, we're not all one thing or the other. And I love plays where we're constantly like, our allegiance is being tested. So, um yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think those are many things. You asked for one thing, but those are the many. Yeah, 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 fine. Um, please give me one second. I'm just going to change my camera because oh. my camera fan sounds like it's about to blow up. It does, doesn't I'm just it? Switch to my laptop. There we go. Sorry. You know when I could, I could just hear it getting increased. I was like, oh god, please don't burst into flames. Um, can you still hear me? Okay, and everything. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to turn that straight off. Oh, that's a worry. Uh, you have Mum coming up at the Soho Theatre, and I was reading about this earlier. And um, I, there's, there's people can phone the box office if they're intrigued about the level of of detail and and potential not trauma, but the the detail of things that it goes into. Was it how involved have you been in in that side of things in terms of like making it as real as possible? The, pro- the process for that production is that Morgan had already started writing it when it when it came to me. And so Abigail Graham, who's the director, had read it and thought it was really interesting and thought there was something in it. And so I read it and agreed. And we spent a long time developing it. But I think the kind of heart of what Morgan wanted to say was already there. And, and, and the, the production, the piece, is about motherhood and about, you know, what it what could possibly happen when you're sleep deprived and you don't feel like you're doing the, the best version of what you can do and where that can kind of, what kind of places that can take you to. I'm not a mother myself. So my kind of pro, my, I suppose my um, relationship to the material is slightly different to some of the other members of our team. But what I've, I suppose what I, my position has been is just to make sure that Morgan was able to develop and make the, the, the play that feels the most real. So I guess, her experiences and the experiences of mothers um, within the context of the narrative. Sure. When you're when a piece comes across your desk or or someone tells you about something, what is it you look for in something that you want to take forward that you want to work on? Um, I think it's just you know I, I have to have usually I just have to have a real gut reaction to it, and I think gut reaction you know I really trust my gut as a producer, and I think. Um, the plays that I've produced have been the ones that I've sat down to read and I haven't stopped reading until I got right to the end. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the time my kind of gut reaction is based on what's going on, what's going on in the world. So the, so the work that I've produced has often feels inherently political with the small p in some ways and often it's quite, you know, in, in the world of kind of um, social politics, I think. So I feel like the plays have something, to, always have something to say. Where do you stand on, on two-parters? things like Angels in America, The Inheritance, do you kind of roll your eyes or do you go, no, it's justified? No, I think as long as you can justify it, as long as the narrative, as long as the, like, as I think, you know, I think you can justify anything if, you, if, it, if it serves the story and the narrative and the impact. Um, yeah, I think um, as, and, and, and as, long as, I, as, as long as everything feels essential and necessary, you know what I mean? And I think, yeah, you mm. know, The Inheritance or Angels in America, both really brilliant, brilliant plays that come in two parts. And actually, I, both of those feel like, it feels like everything was completely essential to tell those stories and to, to tell them in the way um, that, um, 
that the playwrights wanted to. So, um, so yeah, so I, 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 and I don't, so I don't think it's gimmicky at all. I mean, I think it's really just about, you know, ultimately plays are just about how can you, what's the leanest way of telling the story. And actually if the leanest way of telling a story is, um, by doing it in two part, two, three hour parts, then that's the leanest way of telling the story. Absolutely. And one thing that actually does spring to mind, though, um, I know that Harry Potter um, and the Cursed Child in the West End is staying as a two-parter, but in some parts of the world, they're reducing it to one. Do you think that's a bit weird to kind of have it in, in two different iterations? Like, is that, as a producer, does that kind of make you go, mm. No, I don't think so. I think it just massively depends on the market that you're making the work for, really. Because um, I think, you know, if you're, if you're going to get all businessy about it, um, we're sort of making products for a market and, um, you know, just like, um, any other kind of, um, sector, um, would flex its products to particular markets. Um, you know, like, even if you think about, I mean, I'm trying to think of an analogy now, but like, you know, how, um, all I can think of is like clean, like, like the cleaning brands, like, um, like GIF, changed its name to SIF because yeah. lots of people in, on, in Europe couldn't pronounce it like that kind of that, that's a really bad example but I just I suppose no I, I don't because I think you know we have to be flexible as producers and we have to find again the best way of presenting the stories that we want to produce to the people who are going to be experiencing them and I think that's you know putting Harry Potter and, and, and the cursed child into one thing that's just that's just uh, a way of thinking about what the audience needs and want and what they'll respond to best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How has it been for you um, re-collaborating with people and reconnecting with people that you may have worked before, with before COVID again? How, how has it been starting up again? Um, it's been busy. It's been really, really busy. I mean, I didn't really stop during the pandemic, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah, so I read. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was sort of a strange one because there, I sort of had a little shift in... Um, so I wasn't necessarily producing plays, but I was doing some um, stuff with Fleabag um, for, um, in terms of fundraising. And then I was also doing this um, uh, streamed festival, Shedinburgh. Um, so, um, so there were these kind of real pockets of intensity. Um, but yeah, I, I, this last, in 2021, it is 2021, isn't it? Yeah, 2021 <laughs> has, been, has been particularly busy. To be honest with you, it's just been really nice um because i think um the last hurdle of course is just being able to be with each other in rehearsal rooms all the time without wearing masks and not having to take lateral flow tests every single day and you know we're still a way off that but i think just we're in the business of collaboration and creativity and community and actually that's just been really wonderful to be able to reconnect and make work with people and actually kind of see some of that come to fruition and i think as producers we're so for me anyway, I feel like it's tangible things are what is so satisfying about my job, like seeing those tangible things happen and then seeing the impact of that on audiences. And so it's just been really good to be able to do that, to be honest with you. Do you sort of, did you feel any different on your first day back in a rehearsal room after, after the pandemic? Did, did it change anything for you? Um, well, I think it was felt different because we all had masks on and we all had to take lateral flows and we all could have to be two metres apart. And I think the natural, um, I think the sort of the naturally everybody wants to come together and be together. Um, but um, so in that sense, it felt different. But I think uh, and, I, and I guess, you know, I think 
people haven't been working as much. So, it, you know, it, I keep talking about this thing with uh, um, some of my colleagues that I'm working with about not being match fit or getting match fit again, because actually you need to be, it's like quite a muscle to produce theatre and quite a muscle to make theatre for actors, for stage management, for directors. And I think after going through quite a kind of challenging and tumultuous time over the last 18 months, you know, both um, you know, physically and, and psychologically for people, I think that that, that, ha- that makes it feel slightly different. But I think, you know, for us as producers, the, the thing that we can do is just make sure that their rehearsal, rehearsal rooms feel really safe and um, warm and held. And, um, you know, and I think that's something we're trying, you know, especially when you're producing plays like I am, which, which explore kind of challenging topics. Um, you want to make sure that the support is there for the companies, really. Mm. I read something um, about, you know, what audiences want after the pandemic. And, you know, there's been loads of like press about um, the TV show Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've seen it and about how people want just nice and wholesome. Do you think there is still an appetite for challenging things at this moment? Or do you think people are a little bit like, oh, I just need a minute? No, I do think there are, there are, there's an appetite for challenging things. I think, you know, ultimately, again, it's my taste in theatre, but I think you can have challenging things, which are also entertaining. And actually, both the plays, Mum and, and Leopards, they're great examples of that. They're, they're plays about really challenging topics that are done in a really entertaining and accessible way. And, um, and yeah, I think there is... But I think there's space for everything, you know? I think... Um, we don't want to kind of just say that people need to be entertained. I think we, people, you know, the great thing about making theatre is, it's, you know, it's art and art is subjective and people need different things from that. So, um, uh, but, you know, I think the best type of theatre anyway is the theatre that can um, find the light and the shade. And like, you know, even to go back to Fleabag, um, it's like the tickle, tickle, slap thing. It's like, you know, Fleabag is about a woman that is grieving for the death of her mother and the death of her best friend. Like those are really hard subjects, um, but it's just, it's done in, with a light lightness and comedy. Um, so I think I'm sort of meandering around your question a little bit, but I think, um, I think there's space for everything. Um, but I think the best type of work is the work that allows for that kind of space for light and shade um but yeah i wouldn't want to say that audiences need one thing or the other um ted lasso is absolutely brilliant and i love it and it's um great but it also explores really challenging challenging subjects but just from a just from a kind of light-hearted perspective mm-hmm. um has has your appetite for theater altered at all in the last 18 months is is there stuff that maybe you've you've reread or you've looked at again and gone oh actually i i, I don't know has anything changed in your taste um, um, short answer is no, I don't think anything's changed in my taste. I think I will always be picking plays based on what's happening in the world and where I'm at. And, um, so no, I think I'm thinking more about, you know, what kind of stories we tell, what, you know, who we work with, making sure that they're, you know, they're truly diverse. Um, and I suppose that is, that is something that's shifted and changed for me and not that I wasn't doing it before, but I think that, you know, in a good way, we've all, um, been given an opportunity to really think about what kind of stories we should be putting on stage. Um, so in that sense, yes. 
Um, but kind of the core of the work, the core kind of taste hasn't changed for me. It's like, it's political, it's entertaining, it's accessible, not over intellectual. Um, and, um, you know, and I think, um, I'm just happy to be going back into the theatres, to be honest with you. What was the first thing you saw after COVID? Um, probably something, I think I saw a show at the German Street Theatre. I mean, I'm a real theatre geek, so I've probably seen about, I've probably seen about 25, 30 shows since the theatres reopened, which I think is more than most people will have seen. But I think I saw something at the German Street Theatre. Um, and then I think I saw Walden in the West End. Um, and then of course I went to Edinburgh, so I saw a bunch of stuff there as well. And then I was doing Edinburgh, so I was watching one of those shows. Um, so yeah, I've seen a real kind of like spread of productions. I saw Harm at the Bush, which I thought was very good. Um, yeah, I've just tried to, I've tried to sort of, um, it's a, it, like, I was, I think pre pandemic, I was seeing the theater, I was at the theater like three times a week. And, um, there have been a few weeks where I've done that recently and it's a lot yeah like I don't know if I have the capacity to do that anymore so that's probably what's changed for me is like the being out and the watching theatre that much as much as I want to do it I think I probably need to give myself like a little bit more time to build back up to that than I have been giving myself recently yeah it takes stamina it really does um is that how how do you find new writing and new writers what do you have a method like how or do you just do wait for things to come to you how does it work I do have a method. I think it's like a lot of, I think it's probably similar to a lot of producing theatres and a lot of other producers in that it's a bit of everything. So people send me their scripts. I have um, relationships with agents um, where they send me their stuff. Um, I go to the theatre a lot um, and I read a lot of plays and I meet with writers and talk about them with ideas and sometimes commission them. Um, and some, you know, and so I think it's a real kind of, it's, it's all of that basically, um, a real hodgepodge. Like I am in a very fortunate position in that a lot of people do send me their plays. Um, and that's really great because it sometimes means that I'm reading them before other people. Um, but, um, and then, you know, and then of course, sometimes theatres will share scripts with me if they're looking for co-producers. So it is a real kind of, it is a real hodgepodge, but I do try and, um, I do try and stay on top of writers that I like and I do try and meet with writers um, even if I don't yet know why I would want to work with them. Just I think because it's good to build relationships because I think on great plays come out of great relationships between writers, directors and producers. So um, so um, I just, that my, I guess my approach to that is just to make sure that I'm meeting people and um, telling them about the work that I make and what I like to make as well. Um, it's been really lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. No worries at all. Well, that's it for this week. I'll be back soon with more of your favourite actors and creatives from the theatre world. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.